We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kev Masarajan leads the Fantasy Pros rankings, uh, the series season-long weekly rankings race so far. You saw that tweet out earlier today. We're going to get his take on week 11 or week 10 right now here on Rotowire's Fantasy Football Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I just put in like my uh, uh, book to guess for week 11, so for some reason I've got that in my mind. So I'm bl- messing up lines left and right. Jeff Erickson here with Kev Masarajan, aka at Rotosurgeon. Uh, you can catch him on Twitter. You can catch him. He works for Fox now. Catch you a lot of places, Kev. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, what is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, getting that first place was nice. Uh, it's through nine weeks, so the season's not over. I could fall, right. tumble throughout the last eight or so weeks. But yeah, like you mentioned, week 10, week 11, it all feels like a jumbled mess now, doesn't it? Because like, we're not really in the fantasy playoffs. Teams kind of like are knowing where they're at, but it, it, it still feels like there's a lot of season left. We're nowhere close to the end. Like no. uh, Major players like Jonathan Taylor, who they can have huge second halves that people have written off and we're nowhere close to crunch time yet really right exactly and i know from experience doing the weekly uh, rankings is uh quite a grind that that game is tough so just being able to stay on top of it every single week especially later in the season as we start to get players more shut down some players you know getting a bigger role all of a sudden without any warning um it gets a little trickier here so uh, let's just jump right into it here it's a really tough week um I, i i think they're always tough weeks, but at quarterback alone, I think it's super tough this week because we start off right at the top with Josh Allen dealing with dealing with the UCL injury. Didn't practice today. You know, we don't know if he's going to play this week against Minnesota. What do you do with him? What do you do with uh, like Case Keenum if he's the guy that's starting? I mean, I don't think Allen plays this week. I, I have a gut feeling because they're like, oh, we're going to see where he's at by Friday. He's going to try to play. I think mm-hmm. by all means, Allen's going to try to be out there. He's going to be running, doing his thing, doing everything he can do to possibly put himself out there at practice. Right. But at the end of the day, he had the sleeve on his elbow. We saw the pictures that they uh, showed. The news, it sounds like he does have something tangible like a sprain. It's not just soreness. So from what we know, I'd say it's a safe bet he doesn't play Week 10. W- with Case Keenum, 
you know, I I don't want to fall into the revenge game narrative, but like right. Stephon Diggs is there as well. The whole Minneapolis miracle, like they were a big part of, you know, that that transition from, you know, they didn't really have a quarterback for a while to Kirk Cousins, but you know, Keenum had a solid two years in Minnesota or however long. And right, I I, I like Keenum this week in a spot against a bottom ten defense. Uh, the weapons, Davis, Diggs, uh, their running game is somewhat decent with Devin Singletary, uh, Naeem Hines added. The O-line is solid. Yeah, I, I would start Case Keenum in a pinch. I think I'm going to have him in the middle, like, 15-16 range of quarterbacks because, I mean, it's not even that good, and he runs a little bit. I was talking with Rotowire President Peter Shanky uh, earlier. We have our our weekly meeting on Wednesday mornings, and uh, before the meeting we are talking about it, he's like, he's a big Vikings guy, and he's like, yeah, I like Case Keenum. He was good for us, you know, and – I, I think a lot of people feel that way. So if Keenum gets the start, I, and first of all, I'm starting like, then I'll keep starting Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis. But the other thing is I view him as a pretty good streamer. And if I had Allen, I'd probably pick him up over the other free agent quarterbacks in my league in your single quarterback leagues. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at him like, what's his range right now? The Mariota Goff Stafford range. Well, we got to so talk Stafford in a second. There's news on him too. Uh, I think he's, better than that i but then again i have like mariota and golf like i have golf 18 mariota 20 this week stafford 22 i think he's at least that yeah. i might put him ahead of like rogers i might put him ahead of that's I, tough that's rogers tough. just lost another receiver i mean he has lazard who's banged up every week in practice who's great he's fine but he's it that's the yeah. list yeah, no, I mean, that's a fair, like, Daniel Jones. I guess, like, there there is a cap for Case Keenum. Yeah. At, at a certain point, you're like, you know, I'm not going to start him over Trevor Lawrence. I'm not going to start him over, uh, I mean, even right. Mariota. Like, I, I might take Mariota's rushing upside over Case Keenum. They're just, I mean, it's it's not tantalizing. Like, two quarterback leagues, absolutely, you're not even thinking twice if he's starting. But right. when it comes down to it, I mean, there are better options, but he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, you said Minnesota's a bad defense, and that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. I just think it sounds weird when you've got a team that's seven and one. I mean, you saw last week they almost lost to the Commanders. Like Taylor Heineke was gonna win that game, and then you know, the last second, what happened? They they messed up the field goal. It ended up a touchdown. Something happened with Minnesota at the end of the game that they lucked into the win. So yeah. they're somewhat they're somewhat fraudulent, but they're a good team. They're just not a great team. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you on that one there. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he's in the concussion protocol. Uh, you know, he got knocked around a few times by the Bucks. It's been an awful season. He's got a terrible offensive line. They played the uh, Cardinals once this year. It was 20 to 12, and it was just a blah game. Mm-hmm. I kind of expect more to the same. I've got him at 22, and this is before the news of the concussion. I mean, maybe that's a little tiny bit low but it it's not by much no that's fair i've had stafford towards the bottom of my rankings almost weekly because it's like his rushing upside's minimal the mm-hmm. weapons outside of cup aren't going to help him out at all i i like a rob but like that's just not an offense he fits in given how slow it is right and overall like if obviously if he's concussed we there's nothing we could really do john wolford's the backup he has some rushing upside but arizona's defense is uh very tough against the run so I just don't see much appeal, I guess. This matchup could be better than that initial Cardinals-Rams matchup because DeAndre Hopkins is back. That adds a certain element, and, you know, they've incorporated Rondell Moore a lot more, not to play on words there, but you get the point. And 
if it is a healthy Stafford versus a healthy Kyler, which Kyler's hurt now too, yeah, that could be a decently high-scoring matchup. But in a vacuum right now, yeah, Stafford's not looking that appealing either. No, he isn't. Let's talk Kyler. Uh, he's run more this year. He's made a point yeah. of it. They've called more design runs. But now he's dealing with a, a hammy. And that's just the issue with him all the time. Like, he's always got something at by midpoint of the season, it feels like. And when that happens, then he starts running less frequently. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking about it because the Rams' defense is, I mean, as good as it's been. I mean, they're yeah. DVOA-wise, they're just at the lower end of a top 10, but they could easily stop him without the run. Like, if this is a pass-first and pretty much pass-only Kyler Murray, this is a terrible spot for him. And I I just don't think, even if he is running a good bit, this is that appealing. It's like, I might have him outside my top 10, regardless of his situation by the end of the week. Yeah, I, I have him in my top 10 now, but I, I'm inclined to move him down. The problem is, who do you move ahead of him, as always? Uh, like, Gino, I could put ahead of him. I had Herbert kind of low. I had him at eight, because yeah. you know, who does he have to throw to? Um, Dak, he hasn't torn it loose yet. Um, Brady, okay. Cousins against Buffalo, in Buffalo. Ugh. I, I, I'm yeah. failing to find good alternatives. That's the real problem here. Yeah, I know. You just look at it like, I, I, strangely enough, going back to Goff, at least, the implied total on that Detroit-Chicago game is like 48 and a half. And we're seeing how Fields is playing. So maybe Goff's a sneaky streamer. Mm-hmm. He's someone in that back end that we can kind of push up. But overall, it is pretty gross. Like, I guess Jimmy G with the added weapons, having Debo healthy, like, he he's not yeah. good, but he's put up multiple, like, depending on your format, 20 plus point games. So. I mean, there are guys that are fine, but you're not seeing that mid-round, not mid-round, sorry, mid-tier upside, really, because it's all somewhat jaggy, and you're basing it off of what their weapons are, more so than what the quarterback is. So funny. I was writing notes about players I wanted to talk about a quarterback, and instead of writing Kyler, I wrote Kyrie. I don't know if that was just a Freudian slip, but (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I mean... Kyler, you know, he's kind of throwing his team under the bus every week. He's kind of, he's got the Aaron Rodgers starter kit going here. Did you hear what happened about him? Not him, but Cliff Kingsbury, their general manager, Kime, and the owner. Did you hear what was going on? No, tell me more. So apparently Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, is having Kingsbury and Kime go through film, like, weekly, and go through what went wrong. and what, Like, they're, what, three and six, I believe? Yeah. He's making them go through their, their losses and what went wrong on a weekly basis. And oh. someone, like a reporter asked Kingsbury, they're like, is, is this normal? Or And then he was like, I don't know what other teams in the league do, but this is what we do. Like, And that's kind of like, damn, like the owner, who has overreach? Like Jimmy Dolan with the Knicks, and then there's other owners. I know, like Jerry Jones. This is like the Jim Ursay starter kit here. Man, I don't know what's going on with Ursay either, man. Like. What what are your thoughts? Are they intentionally tanking or is he legitimately looking to change things up and hope it works out? I think he's just legitimately insane. Um, I don't think he's trying to tank, but if he were trying to tank, this is what it would look like too. At the same time, the whole let's put Ellinger in there for the rest of the season thing. I mean, that, that that's so transparently crazy. I just, I don't know that, that, that aspect of it, there is case, but no, I don't think he's tanking. but keep in mind, he's an Ursa. I grew up in Indy. Uh, I was there when the Colts moved from Baltimore in the dead of the night and the Mayflower vans and all that. I was about 12 years old or whatever. I stayed a Bengals fan because uh, the Colts, first of all, the auspices that they came in under and the fact that they were just terrible. Uh, I was like, I, I still don't. So I, I always have observed the Ursays, 
Uh, and they're, they're nutty. They're very nutty. So I don't know. It, there's Jer- Jerry Jones is this way. Mike Brown medals a lot with the Bengals. Yeah. It's kind of funny that I, I'm a Bengals fan and I'm talking about owner metal, metal, you know, bad owners. Uh, I mean, but as a Lakers fan, like just knowing the bus family, I mean, I watched oh. the Lakers documentary, the, the one on uh, HBO, the good one. Okay. And that was a fantastic insight into how the buses ran the team, how much more they were involved than a typical owner. And, you know, you got a good look into how, you know, that those family ties or some ownerships just get way too involved and kind of put their hand in the cookie jar. I mean, obviously work for the buses in the eighties, but right now you're seeing how Genie and the whole uh ran by how that's messing up the lakers so sure well it's always the second generation you know look at the bears Uh, hallis was amazing but the mccaskies not so much mike brown was a a god in cincinnati i mean not mike brown paul brown was but mike brown not so much now the buses same thing it's succession here i mean it, it really is something like that yeah absolutely it's a shame but you know hopefully for the cardinals and fantasy's sake I hope they figure it out because there's a lot of valuable pieces on that offense. And I like the last thing anybody needs considering how many pieces we've lost or, you know, have become mediocre throughout the season, like Hopkins, Kyler, Rondell, even his breakout Connor coming back, like losing that kind of high powered offense to frustration or whatever would be the worst, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think Kingsbury has got to be on watch right now. I mean, if he's reviewing film with the owner, I mean, that's pretty demeaning. It's pretty one step close. They haven't had their buy yet either. I mean, no. I always thought they were kind of on thin ice going into this year uh, and they've, they've played down to it. Uh, that's for sure. It's just, and they extended him. They extended him in time. Yeah. Well, you know, that that's when you're a billionaire, who cares though? I mean, if you're ready to make a change, you make a change too. So I don't know. We'll see about that one there. Uh, let's talk about something positive at the position. Justin Fields. <laughs> yes. Where do, where do you have him this week? I mean, the versus the Detroit Lions. Right. I have him at three. I have him third. Yeah. I, I just, I obviously they can turn into an offense that's just extremely ground and pound with the running backs and against the Lions bottom tier, like bottom five run defense. Easily Herbert and Montgomery could be the one that scores the ones that score touchdowns. But looking at the field of quarterback again, like you can't not be enticed to put fields this high. Um, again, the implied total at 48 and a half with the, I believe it's minus three for the bears it, it, because they're at home. So I just, I just have a tough time putting fields down, even though the threat of getting sniped by the running backs exists. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and that's always like, Game flow is always it. I mean, the fact that Miami was scoring at will against the Bears defense helped us last week. Uh, Detroit, maybe they'll be able to move the ball. Who knows? They're, they're, they've got their own issues. We'll, we'll hit them up a little bit at the running backs when we start talking running backs. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. And I had Allen over him with an asterisk, if assuming yeah. he plays. Uh, but only really Mahomes and Hurts are the ones I feel confident starting over fields right now. Yeah, the only, I mean, Tua is an interesting one, too. Oh, yeah. Obviously, the weapons, and they don't really run the ball as much as, you know, many. I right. think they're the pass-heaviest team in the league, or one of the most, if not, when it matters, or in the red zone, whatever it is. Uh, Tua, having Waddle and Tyreek healthy, it's just so hard to not have him that high now, considering... Every week, well the yards are there. Run. It's just a question whether you get the touchdowns, right? And even um, so, like they run it in the, I mean, they pass it in the red zone. So like I, I, with him and fields, it feels like a toss up to me 
where it's like, do you want the rushing upside or do you want the overall offensive upside right. of Tua? Yeah, and, and moreover, they're facing the Browns, whose top two corners are questionable coming in, Newsom and Ward. Ward should be back. He practiced Monday. He's coming back from concussion, so I'm assuming he'll make it. He'll get cleared. But Greg Newsom's coming back from an oblique injury. I mean, you take away one of their two corners, obviously you got to – then they get to pick your poison, which receiver you cover. Um, I like so, it. I like the setup good. again. Their defense hasn't been that good this year, even when they were healthy. And they have great pieces on defense, obviously, Garrett Clowney, yep. uh, the cornerbacks that they've spent high capital on. But it just hasn't translated to overall defensive production. Like, they're, they've been average at best. Yep. And, yeah, no, I'd be starting Tua for sure if I had him. I had a lot of exposure to the Browns, especially in managed leagues, because of that first four-game schedule there, you know, I was all over them. And, you know, it was Found a little wanting. I think they got they got the Thursday night joke defensive touchdown against the Steelers, uh, whereas the last play of the game on the fumble play. But other than that, I mean, they didn't really you know convert a whole lot there. They had the game on Halloween against my Bengals where they were they looked really good. I don't know how sustainable, uh, relate you know, repeatable that is though. Yeah, no, the Browns are weird. They play up or play down to their op- opponents. It feels like. Yeah, one more quarterback because I know we're kind of going long on quarterbacks, but uh, Geno Smith. How high do you have them this week in Germany? <laughs> the, the the Germany aspect of things for Brady and him does change how you have to think about the game. Because obviously mm. a 6.30 a.m. matchup at West Coast time for us. And, you know, Seattle is a West Coast team. You don't really know how that's going to affect them. The Buccaneers are an East Coast team. It might affect them less. I, you don't really know. This is right. one of those things that you rank them in a fair range. Like, I think I have Geno 10th. And Brady, I have somewhat higher because, again, his weapons are better. Now Chris Godwin's healthier, Julio's back, um, Evans is Evans, and their running game, at least they have some options. Overall, like, I have a tough time not ranking Brady relatively high, thinking that, like, the Seahawks' defense is good, but it's not great, while the Buccaneers are still good. I don't know. Like, this is a weird one. Like, I don't have any hard stance on either guy. They're both in my top ten, though, because this might yeah, be a decently high-scoring game. Yeah, I agreed. I think I have Gino a couple notches over Brady just because Brady's offensive line scares me still. Um, and the, the Seahawks quietly have a pretty good pass rush. Uh, just ask Kyler about that. But uh, anywho, um, yeah, it's just it's it's one of the best stories is Gino and Justin Fields. Where are you seeing them take those steps this year? It's great to see. Uh, we're going to move on to other positions, but first, quick note from our uh, friends on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Big thanks to the Blue Wire Network. We host all of our podcasts there. So thus we play a few ads for them there. So we appreciate that. Uh, I see some questions in the chat room. Uh, appreciate those questions. We will get to them, uh, especially when we get in, like when they're appropriate for the position we're talking about. Uh, but we'll get to those uh, in a bit. Uh, I am here with Kev Masarajan. He is leading the rankings for uh, weekly rankings on the Fancy Pros. Uh, Kev, tell me more about your process. How do you go about doing your rankings every week? I mean, I keep it as simple as it can get. I look at each matchup, and Fantasy Pros makes it very easy on their interface, which is a delight to me because I'm as lazy as it gets if they had me like input everybody's name. They It just very much will move up, move down. You okay. look at it, you're like, would I rather start this guy or this guy? So I look Chris Olave, Amari Cooper. Would I start Chris Olave in X matchup against the 30th ranked pass defense by DVOA or whatever ranking that I can find, or aggregate of rankings I can find, or say Amari Cooper versus the sixth ranked? And you look at them, relatively similar usage per se, um, efficiency, offensive environment, whatever it is. I kind of combine all of those and say, I would prefer to start this guy over this guy. So I rank him over them and then. You know, you do have tiers of guys. There are the higher usage guys that you kind of have in their own tier, like obviously the Justin Jeffersons, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cups, um, Devontae Adams. They're in their own. So you kind of rank within tiers of players. And then within those tiers you rank, you'd kind of start sit each of them. So I try to just break it down as simple as possible without overcomplicating because Fantasy Pro's system, you know, it's not too complicated. They score based off of a their own projections and how close we could get to them within the rankings. So yep, I try to play along with it. There you go. Uh, I like it. I like hearing it. Let's talk running backs. Uh, Jonathan Taylor came back to practice. Deion Jackson did not practice today. So it looks like we have a flip flop from last week's situation. I, I have to update. I, you know, and I do my, they come out on Tuesday for first set of rankings and we don't have any practice reports. So I always put injured guys at the bottom. Now I'm going to have to change this a little bit. How high should Taylor go this week in this road matchup against the uh, Raiders? Okay, the Raiders' run defense is actually decent, but it's still yep. average. It is, mm-hmm. you know, run of the mill. And looking at Taylor, assuming that he's healthy, assuming that he's back this week, 
I have to have him top 12. I, I can't not have the RB1 from last year as a top 12 running back. I'm going to have him behind guys like Josh Jacobs and Damian Pierce and Kenneth Walker, obviously, and Nick Chubb. But when it comes to, like, I look at him or uh, Cordero Patterson on a Thursday after a knee scope. He had a great game, but he scored two touchdowns and his usage was still a little limited. Right. I mean, I would say, I'd say Taylor touches the ball more. Similar matchups. I, I'd play Taylor. And assuming, like, you know, the ankle injury, it was more of a re-aggravation than a new injury. Right. So, I don't put too much weight into it. And I think with the Jeff Saturday hiring, looking at him as this anti-analytics monster or whatever he is, <laughs> he's probably going to want to feed his RB1. And they want to fix the O-line because Jeff Saturday's is an O-line guy. He's a center throughout his career. So, I mean, maybe this is a game where Jonathan uh, Taylor gets fed again. And I'm not going to miss out on that, honestly. So I'm going to have him top 12. Yeah, I agree. I think he probably, if he's playing, he's probably going to get 25 touches. Uh, yeah. And I think the Colts will run the ball 30 plus times. I think this is what they want. They want to go Krogh Magnon in this game here. And why wouldn't you when you've got Ellinger at quarterback and you, they can't pass protect? I mean, you might as well just run it a billion times. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. And if it's not Jackson, it's Philip Lindsay is the guy that's going to get like 10 carries or something like that. The backup, whoever the backup is, is going to be involved too, I think. I mean, the weird thing is with Ellinger, He's an RPO QB. They should. I don't get why they're not running him more intentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the point of having this kid who is an athlete, a legitimate athlete? He's built like you know Jalen Hurts. Let's say he was. This was who he was in Texas. They're trying to change him and use him on like boot. Like they're trying to use him like Joe Flacco, kinda or prime Joe Flacco, rather than Sam Ellinger, who Sam Ellinger is. And it's weird because moving on from Ryan, you assumed they wanted to switch up the offense, but they really didn't. Yeah, well, there, you know what it reminds me of was when Fields took over last year. We kept on yelling at the Bears oh, to yeah. optimize his running uh, talents. No, they tried to make him a pocket passer, and that, that worked about as as would you would expect, right? Uh, now this year, they're let, they're setting him free, and oh my gosh, he's producing. Weird, strange. You, pr- you go to a player's strengths. I don't wonder, is it really hard to switch gears in season like that? They fired their OC, and they just hired a assistant offensive line or I don't even know what Parks Frazier is. It's like a I passing coordinator or something yeah, like that, right? Something like he's 30. He's been setting up the call sheets and, you know, game plans with uh, Frank Reich throughout the year. So I have no idea what Parks Frazier is. No offense to him because right. you no, know, he, he's never been at this level. And I just don't know what to expect outside of them feeding their best player or quote unquote, best player, best fantasy player, at least. I just think they're going to feed Taylor. And it seems like, you know, you mentioned Philip Lindsay, but it was Jordan Wilkins working as the two last week. But even so, it's just outside of Taylor, outside of maybe even like Pittman. I don't even know if I could start. I mean, RIP Pittman's value, man. Oh, no clue. No clue what's going on there outside of they're going to run the ball. That's all I know. I just love how Paris Campbell was finally starting to get involved in the offense, looking like he could play it. Oh, let's forget about that one there. Never mind. Um, ridiculous it is really bad and alec pierce had his moments too that denver game he looked really good yeah well it's no it's his fault by the way they were three three and one they were somewhat above 500 you could say and they still shut it down which you know i get it Uh, cut your losses but at the same time in the nfl games are so fickle you're winning by such like slim margins overall 
why not try unless you're really gunning for a quarterback after already having like three and a half wins, which doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And all you had to do is see like the Raiders last year rallying after getting, being down like three, six and one and, you know, changing coaches instead. I mean, Hey, maybe, maybe he really believes just Saturday is the real deal. I'm, I'm seeing like beat Colts beat writers saying it's just bizarre and all, but we like Saturday. You know, it's like, you know, I, I kept, I've seen that reaction like three or four times. I say better Jeff Saturday than Gut, uh, what is it, Gus Bradley and John Fox. We've seen Gus Bradley. We've seen John right. Fox. Right. And that's why I liked, you know, not that I liked the Nathaniel Hackett or like I like signings of new coaches from OC sure. positions, whether it be nepotism like in Hackett's case or others like, you know, Saleh worked. It's, it, other cases it does work. Dabble. I'd rather see the guy who hasn't gotten the chance than the guys who've gotten the chance. If that agrees. But you know, just go like Eric B enemy then, or just, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's hard mid season. You can't, no, I understand. You can't, uh, you know, purloin another team's coordinator, yeah. but you know, just saying, just like, you know, but you, you know, all the nepotism hires that we see, it was just, you see that all the time. So it's kind of crazy. Um, okay. Green Bay Packers. Assume Aaron Jones doesn't play. I think he, he might play, but he assume he does. He, he, he fully practiced this. Today. Did he fully practice today? Okay. That's what I saw. I mean, well then I don't assume wrong, anything. But... Retract that. But <laughs> what the heck's wrong with AJ Dillon? I mean, he's. I think the, okay. It's an issue of the offense as a whole. So with Rogers, not having a wide receiver, one teams are kind of consolidating defenses against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Jones is obviously the better talent. This is kind of undeniable at this point. Like you can't argue it's neither here nor there. He is the better running back. But Dylan took advantage of, I wouldn't say unstacked boxes, but there was more, sta- uh, what's it called? More spacing on offense while Adams was there. There was more of a threat, uh, two high safety looks, whatever. And he was able to take advantage of that these past few years. And he is a good running back, but he isn't a running back that can be utilized in a, like, he's not Derrick Henry. I think that's safe to say. Everybody was calling him right. baby Henry. He's not that. No. Like Derrick Henry, we just saw with Malik Willis. On Sunday Night Football, no offensive weaponry, no spacing. He's still eating. A.J. Dillon is not that. He is closer to Leonard Fournette, which is fine. That's fine. But you're not going to get the results you thought you were. You're not getting the dynasty prospect you thought you were out of A.J. Dillon, which I think it got a little too high after last year. Yeah. It's almost kind of like the professional version of Ron Dane. Big guy that runs into pile there. I don't know. But it's a little unfair. But he's better than that. Yeah. I feel like in a average they're not even an average offense they're a below average offense right oh yeah i feel like 100 average to above average i feel like aj Dillon is a roughly fringe rb1 high-end rb2 running back in fantasy but th- he's just not it in this offense because they don't allow him to yeah that's right that's right uh what do you do with aaron jones and Dillon this week um you start aaron jones i think yeah that- that's undeniable. Dylan, he's a bench unless it. I mean, we just saw the one of the best matchups possible, and he couldn't produce. I feel like he's a bench unless there's a Jones injury, yeah, sometime missed or anything. But Jones must start weekly because of the passing game. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. This is another one where I had Jones at the bottom just to start because he was in a walking boot after the game on Sunday and all that. But uh, I, I typically post Tuesday night and then I do an update Thursday afternoon. Sometimes you have to events dictate changing there's a lot of news injury news today i felt like more than usual on your uh, wednesday news up injury updates but uh we're, we're getting to kind of like for instance damian pierce popping back up on the injury list didn't see that one coming mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think he's fi that seemed like a limited situation. He's not going to miss much time for his injury, right? Yeah, I, th I think you're right about that. Uh, I just I have some exposure to him, so I get panicky oh. when I see that sometimes. When I see that, like, oh, I didn't expect that. He played on Thursday, but it's I said chest and soldier, shoulder. He was limited. He didn't sit out, so it's probably they, okay. they, call, they didn't call him day to day. Like Kyler, they called day to day, which that's like middle of the week. It's Wednesday. Yeah. You don't want to hear that, but I feel like Damian right. Pierce is fine. So I worry more about quarterbacks missing reps yeah. in practice than I do any other position too. Um, so yeah, it's definitely the case here. Uh, DeAndre Swift, how do you put a value on him for a rest of the season, let alone this week? Now, how does anyone put a value on DeAndre Swift at this point? You would assume after week eight, it was, he would mm -hmm. see more work where, you know, he looks explosive. He looks good, but they gave him 10 snaps. In a right. game that was close, in a game that they could have used him, I mean, they were winning. I get it, but at the same time, you would assume they'd want their best running back out there. And right. is, I feel like they agree he is their best running back. Not that the snap should determine it, but more so, more than ten, more like that doesn't make sense. Like more than least, Justin Jackson. It, it, at least, at least, I'll just say this: he, he didn't seem to like suffer a setback. Right. Yeah, he came out unscathed to a relative degree, and even if he's not a hundred percent rest of the season, if he's ninety percent and seeing forty percent of the snaps, he produced eight points in PPR on ten snaps. Right, that's incredible. Like considering, you know, again, they didn't really use him; they barely gave him touches. I I think you start him against the Bears. The Bears are thirty first against the run. They just traded away Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. Like they're an awful defense. No one's gonna argue right. that. I think he's gonna get his touches one way or another. Pray for a touchdown, but you you don't want to miss a DeAndre Swift game. And even if he busts, it's not the end of the world. It's like fine. Yeah, I, I I've been starting wherever I have him, but I did put him around twenty five or so this week. Uh, yeah. If you're loaded at running back, and there are teams that have that, like you got lucky, you had Etn and Walker and J and Pierce. Okay, well fine. Then you don't. Then you start those guys over Swift. But most people don't have that. No, nobody has that luxury. Not nobody, but most people don't have that luxury. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I look actually. Last thing on that, I think I have all four of Herbert, Montgomery, Williams, and Swift in the top twenty this week. Oh, interesting. Okay. It just that those two offenses both operate through the RBs, and both defenses are just terrible. Against and it's a week where you know four running backs are off. So yeah, and you others yeah, have bad I mean, matchups. I can see it. I can see yeah. it. Do you think Deonta Foreman gets back on the horse this week against the Falcons? Another one. Very tough to gauge. Chuba Hubbard is fully healthy now. Apparently, he had two full practices in a row. Yeah. I don't believe Chuba Hubbard's that good. I don't think he's good at all. Agreed. However, I don't know what the team's going to do on a short week. I don't know what they're going to do in a heavy rain, wind, whatever situation. I don't know if it's heavy rain, but more so. It's, it's going to be a ugly situation weather-wise tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know if either team wants to win. I mean, maybe the Falcons do. I'll give them some credits. They're four and five, but I just, I don't know what the Panthers are going to do. I would start Foreman if you have them because more often than not, you're not going to have a better option. However, he is going to be on a lower. I, I think I had him top 12 last week, but that's I feel scary. like that Carolina Thursday night game always has bad weather. Remember we had the lightning delay one time. Oh, those are, I hate those. Cause they're like, it's seven o'clock and you're still waiting for football to come back on. Yeah, exactly. Seven o'clock West Coast, that is. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Apologies. No, uh, hey, we, you and I are both best coast, so it's always nice to have the, have that where football's done by eight thirty. I love that. It's the best. Then I get to like recap or just do it. Watch some basketball. It's the best. Mm -hmm. 
Love it. Love, love West Coast sports time. All right. We'll talk receivers here in a second. But first, quick note from our uh, title sponsor, No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Battle on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code NHAWIRE. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. I'm here with uh, Kevin Maserate. Kev Maserate. I almost called you Kevin. Sorry about that. Uh, I know better. I know better. Um, at Rotosurgeon on Twitter. Uh, Kev, where can people find your rankings? Where can they find your work? Well, uh, Twitter, you just mentioned, I post them every Saturday after the injury news drops or after at least we have a better idea of who's playing Mm -hmm. on Sundays because I don't like to drop them too prematurely and then have to switch things up and confuse people. But I also do update on fantasy pros throughout the week. Uh, You know, they they have the expert consensus rankings. I'm, you know, I'm luckily on there and you can pick our names out. I I don't know if you're on there, but you can pick out Kev Mosredge on Frank Amarante, whoever it is. You could pick your favorite analysts. Hopefully I'm one of them. Jeff, you're one of my favorites. So, you know, anytime I see your name out there, I always make sure to check it out. But yeah, overall fantasy pros. And then my Twitter at Roto Surgeon, that's where my rankings are. Very good. Very good. Uh, Let's talk wide receivers. Uh, Debo coming back. He had a full practice today. Looks like he's full go. What does his ranking look like now that Christian McCaffrey is a full-fledged part of this Niners offense? I have him top 15. I think Debo in this game with Elijah Mitchell still not technically back, they are they are going to continue to use him as a running back. Jeff Wilson's mm-hmm. gone. They don't have that option. I don't like Tyrion Davis-Price. I don't think he's a good player. Yeah. Um, there's not much. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, they're going to utilize, obviously. That's not, you know, we're not arguing that, but. They're still going to mix in Debo, the guy they are paying like $20 million to per game. And they're coming off a bye. His hamstring didn't seem too serious. It seemed like one of those things like, eh, well, we're winning or we trust our team and we're going to get like Ayuk's been playing fantastic. So I think they use Debo as a runner again. They they still mix him in in the past game. And this, you know, the Chargers defense is terrible. And they could ground and pound Debo as their uh, enforcer back. I have him top 15. I could think he could score twice this week and he's going to get his usage. So until Elijah Mitchell's back, I have no issue continuing to rank him that high. And adding McCaffrey really unlocks this offense too. I mean, this looked like a crazy good offense that second half against the Rams in particular. It's going to be beautiful when they have Debo in the backfield and McCaffrey lined up out wide. Right. Right. It's just, you're just going to be like, what do I do on defense? It's so I'm ecstatic. This is going to be a fun week. Like Sunday night football might be a show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I just wish that Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were healthy enough to play because I don't think either of them are going to play. I know Allen's Allen's officially day-to-day, but he's been that way since week one. Yeah, Allen, I – because he suffered a setback. This isn't something that's been lingering. Yeah. Like, De- like Darren Waller, he suffered an injury and it's just been lingering. Allen, it got worse. And yeah. that's a huge red flag because he's – on he's 30 ish i think he's 31 maybe or almost there you know Mm -hmm. he's past the 
age apex of wide receivers and we see this it's just like when they miss time they don't miss a little bit of time and julio unfortunately had been dealing with that prior to his massive decline and yeah he's he's hit that andre johnson aj green portion of his career where you know it's just elite player but he's not that anymore and the problem is the chargers didn't draft to back him up back mike williams up they kind of just banked on having williams and allen yeah. All the time, which is not a good bet to make because of the nature of wide receivers, skill players in general. So, I mean, I don't like Josh Palmer. Some people think he's fine and he's a capable. I mean, what are your thoughts on Josh Palmer? I mean, I think he's a great complimentary guy I, as the main guy. When I, I don't want him as my main guy. I mean, he, he did he contributed last week. He looked all right, went over 100 yards. But, yeah, I, I don't see this, the ability for separation. I think he is a he, he's, he's a good third receiver. Now miscast is a number one. Yeah, um, and the problem is he doesn't add any element of like speed to an offense that's so slow. Yeah, and they lost Guyton too. And that I think, terrible. you know, hard to blame a Jalen Guyton injury for the downfall of your season, but uh, it's, they don't have anybody to take the top off. I that's really thought, that was. That's I really thought was. that, yeah, exactly. I thought the Chargers were going to actually trade for somebody at the deadline. Uh, I, I thought of all the teams that really made sense. You, you knew Mike Williams was out a minimum of four weeks. Uh, Mike Williams used to be the top, you know, the top guy, you know, but he's more than that now. He's morphed into a lot different of a type of player. They they need someone, anyone that can go go deep, and they don't have that right now. It's just, and now you know, DBs are sitting on these shorter routes against Herbert. It, it's you're you've got this guy with a cannon of an arm, and he can't use it. He looks like senior year Herbert, where everybody kind of doubted him as a prospect. Yeah, I still think he's great. Herbert's great, but you know, he had the rib injury early in the season that prevented him from running for like. Eight we- until this past game that they had, yeah. he wasn't running at all, and he still—I don't think he. No, the last two games is when he kind of started yeah. running again, probably because of the ribs. Yeah, likely due to those. And then it just the passing; it's just not explosive. And I mean, I'm still gonna start Herbert, but overall, the offense with Palmer as wide receiver one is so unappealing. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a shell of itself. I mean, Eckler has been unlocked, thank goodness. I mean, it, he's still doing his thing, but I almost worry about him getting worn down at the end of the season. Um, yeah, okay. worry, yeah, because I don't want any player to get worn down. But if I had Eckler, I would worry a little bit about that. If you get a mint for him in, the, in trade talks in your home leagues that allow trading, I'd, I'd look into it at least. I'd at least consider it. Yeah, that's. I mean, I picked up Isaiah Spiller and like OCs because yeah. I just think. I mean, he usurped uh, Sony Michelle. Josh Kelly's still on IR, and you don't really know what's going to happen with his knee, obviously. And I like Spiller as a prospect, so who knows? But overall, it, it would take an Eckler injury for him to prop up to any sort of fantasy relevant role. No one's saying otherwise. But when yeah. it comes down to it, the offense, it just it feels like defenses are just letting Eckler do what he wants because they realize there's no threat of anything else. And typically, the Chargers are doing that when they're playing from behind, too. Sure. So it's not Makes like sense. killing them that bad. So. Yeah. I kind of think but, Spiller's that mini version of the rookie after the bye week breakout, except, you know, you know, it just, there, there's a lot, you get a little bit of that, but you know, there's also limits. They just, they're lacking playmakers. And I think that's the other reason they turn to him. So I agree that I think he, he, he's a guy I'm looking to add tonight in some of my NFFC leagues as well. Uh, let's see. So we talked chargers already. Mike Evans, we mentioned him a little bit, or the, the Bucks a little bit earlier. Evans pops up on the injury list every week, and then he gets cleared by Friday. But feels like you know he's got a couple things this week on there. He gets his targets every week. I feel like there's slightly diminishing returns right now, though. Oh, man. 
I, you doubt Mike Evans, and then he comes back with 100 yards and two touchdowns. Right, right. That's the problem. Like We could do this every year, repeat. Just it just Mike Evans is going to get his. He's mm-hmm. going to get his 1,000 yards. He's going to get his 10 touchdowns. Right. One way or another. He could have 20 yards one week. He's going to make up for 120 the next week. So I don't want to be too low on Evans, but considering that he did suffer a somewhat substantive rib, rib injury, that they had to like protect, they put a shield or something on his, uh, like on top of his chest plate or whatever to protect his ribs. And I'm fine lowering him, but he's still going to be in my top twenty. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Uh, you can't, you can only lower him so much. Uh, what are you doing with the Pittsburgh wide receivers now that uh, Claypool's gone? How high do Deontay Johnson and how do, how high does Pickens go with Kenny Pickett throwing it to him? I, I post by. Anything can happen. Uh, obviously, the field is opened up a little bit with uh, Claypool gone. Not mm-hmm. to say Deontay. Uh, Deontay was already seeing a wide receiver one share of targets. It's just that he wasn't like producing with them. Right. Uh, Pickens, intriguing, obviously, because he's so talented. And uh, the only limiting factor I see is Pickett, really. Yeah, and, he's pretty awful. Yeah, he's horrible. He's the worst quarterback prospect maybe since Josh Rose, or first round quarterback prospect since Rosen. That's actually yeah. gotten a chance as rookie year. And I look at it as follow the targets. You're not going to not start Deontay Johnson. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore has been out of games. I don't know if he's coming back anytime soon. The Saints defense isn't the same Saints defense as it was in like the past few years of their prime. And I guess take the points. You're going to start Deontay. Pickens, yeah. it, if you're banking on upside, I still... I mean, how high do you have Pickens? I, I might have him outside my 30. I've got Pickens at 29. Yeah. So it's right there. He's uh, at 32 for me. So it's just, we're not that far off. It's No. I have him over Michael Pittman, which just breaks my heart to say. But <sighs> That's a tough. I, I might do Pittman just because he's like the main target. Yeah. And it's the Raiders. The Raiders are so bad defensively. Yeah. I'll give you another depressed stock. How about Cortland Sutton? This is this is where I'm 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 buying back. I'm gonna go back in. I'm gonna go back to the well. I at Tennessee. Tennessee's pass defense is atrocious. Greg Dulcich, while I did not like him, appears to be a legitimate NFL tight end. Mm-hmm. I think attack having that middle of the field valid and you know worthy of a threat like Dulcich and whatever else. I think Sutton finally wakes back up because he was amazing in the beginning of the season. Nobody was saying anything about bad about him. It was just bad right. three games in a row. Judy's been fantastic. They're coming yeah. off the bye. Russ is healthy. I'm, again, not going to say this is going to be the offense we thought it was going to be. But can it be a good offense? Yes. They have this is not you saying Broncos Nation, let's ride. Broncos country, get it right. Broncos right. country, golly. There you go. Terrible. I'm saying I w- I'm willing to start both Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and okay. see where I, I think I have them both top 25 this week because still very talented, healthy coming off the bye, Russ healthy coming off the bye. He had the hamstring and the shoulder issue that he was dealing or lat, excuse me. I, I, I'm firing him up. I'm buying back. I'm uh, drinking the Kool-Aid. All right. I like it. I like it there. I've got Judy at 21 and I have Sutton at 34. So that. I, I'm still like a little hesitant there. Like, uh, just dipping my toe in the pool a little bit, but uh, we'll see. I could be wrong. 
Um, yeah, I have Judy at 21 as well, and uh, but Sutton's 24 for me because I, okay. I, I don't think they're – they feel – They should be 1 and 1A. That's what they should yeah. be yeah, for that team. That's the talent level of each of them. Like they're yeah. both very good NFL wide receivers, it feels like. It's just not – is there enough production to spread around? So we got a couple of uh, wide receiver-related questions. Let's go ahead and hit those up real quick. Uh, who should I start? Lazard or McLaurin from uh, Clinton Metography there? I mean, McLaurin, right? Uh, Eagles yeah. are going to run up the score, and Heineke seems to have a good connection with McLaurin. Right. So, and Lazard had the injuries, and we don't really know if he could uh, – against the Dallas defense, it's very tough. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I've got, I've got him close, but I have McLaurin ahead of him. As I just yeah. think Lazard – I mean, he was able to play through it last week. That, to me, was enough. And now with no dubs, you're going to get, like – 10 plus targets for Lazard this week. I understand, you know, quality of targets against the Cowboys. That's debatable, risable even. Uh, but I think, well, I think Lazard's actually a legitimately a good player. Uh, so I have him in the top 15. Um, I, Cause I feel like every week he gets a red zone target or two. Um, and I, I, that that's something that's kind of bankable. I like that. Uh, also another uh, wide receiver question from Pascal says, do I trade away digs for Devonte Adams and Najee Harris in the full point PPR league? I I actually might do that, but because I'm scared of Josh Allen's arm. Yeah. More sure. Than me wanting Najee Harris. Sure. And Devonte, the only real threat I see with Devonte is a pseudo shutdown. If the Raiders keep losing, mm-hmm. but they paid him. He, he's buddies with Carr, so I don't think he would do that. I think he'd honor the season. And, you know, Najee as a throw-in, I guess he's better than whatever bench RB. I'm not going to start him, but yeah, whatever. Exactly. Uh, another one, Jeff Johnson asks, uh, offering is offering Judy, Palmer, and Foreman for Lamb too much or too little? That seems fine. I mean, if yeah. I, not many people will accept three-for-ones, but if they do, that's a fine deal. I mean, if you're stuck in a bye week... I'm I might I might consider that there for sure. I mean, because I think you can I think you can roll with Foreman this week. Yeah. I, I don't love you know because of the weather. I don't love it, but I I like the matchup. He tore apart Atlanta just two weeks ago. Uh, and Judy and Palmer get you through this week, so I can see it. Yeah, I have no problem. All right. Is that Montgomery or Mooney? Someone's asking. Yeah, yeah. Flex uh, in a flex here. David Montgomery or, or Mooney, who finally got his first touchdown last week. You got to stick with the running back in this offense, right? I think so. I know last week it wasn't great for either running back uh, because Fields took all the love, uh, but Fields op- opens up the running lanes too. So there is that. Uh, so I, I, I kind of, I, I think I, I think I could go Montgomery on. I could be talked into that, especially because you don't get the volume with Mooney. I think that's the big argument with that. And Cole Komet is apparently the greatest touchdown scorer of all time again. I love it. I, I, I do have like, some commit I've been hanging on to for dear life shares and all, or at least in best ball, a couple of them as well, but I liked coming him coming into this season. And so nice. Little I started him in all the wrong weeks. So of course. I'm just hating it. <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, before we hit you know, commit and the rest of the tight ends, let's uh, get a couple quick ad, ads here real quick. NFL all day is officially licensed digital collectible of the NFL. It's the whole, it's a whole new way to express your fandom by owning the greatest moments from your favorite players and teams. Each moment on NFL all day features a limited edition video highlight of one of the greatest plays from the NFL's past or present. 
From OBJ's iconic one-handed catch to Patrick Mahomes' five touchdowns on five straight possessions to Brian Erlacher's 85-yard pick six against the Packers, there's truly a moment on NFL all day for every fan. And it doesn't stop at being able to own a collection of your favorite moments because NFL all day rewards collectors for the fandom. You see, NFL all day collectors have earned once in a lifetime experiences like literally going on stage at the draft to announce draft picks and meeting some of the biggest names from the 2022 NFL draft at the NFL PA rookie premiere. What's the best way to get started? Head to NFLallday.com to sign up and redeem a free limited edition NFL collectible featuring Patrick Mahomes. Don't miss out on NFL All Day's next generation fan platform and start unlocking rewards and experiences today. Also, uh, our good friends at Monkey Knife Fight are still with us. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win, daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. I'm here with Kev Masarajan at Rotosurgeon. Let's get the last uh, position here. Let's talk a little tight ends. I get the feeling, Kev, it's not the wasteland of a position that it was once was earlier this season. I think some guys are getting that circle of trust. Yeah, I think this is a good week for tight end. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson's trade to the Vikings in midweek trade. He comes in and sees double-digit targets, what seems mm-hmm. like, and has it's like 70 yards or so. I forgot what he had exactly, but if he's actually utilized as a middle-of-the-field, you know, consistent kind of dump-off guy, he's a top five, like easy top five tight end, top three maybe. Him and Goddard can fight off that three spot, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's been very nice to see tight ends that were drafted in those Mid rounds, which usually there's usually one guy, but if there's multiple guys, that's huge. Yeah, for uh, sure. And you know, like George Kittle was a disaster earlier in the season. He's unlocked now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they, they, you know, there there are a lot of mouths to feed all of a sudden for the Niners, so it might get a little trickier again for him. But yeah. you know, I think you know, he, first couple of weeks when he came back, he was a little compromised from his injury, and you know, trying to figure out what the heck's going on at quarterback for that team. I think now he's kind of back to being a guy I can start very comfortably every single week. Uh-huh, definitely. You can, I mean, Kittle's a must start. You're not thinking twice about Kittle. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who well, I expected to fall off, but has stayed afloat is Ertz. Yeah. Like Ertz, it looks like he's a significant part of this offense. Whereas last year it was night and day between when DeAndre Hopkins was in and DeAndre Hopkins was out. Ertz's numbers just completely inflated while Hopkins was out. Now, uh, I think it's the Marquise Brown injury that's opened. I mean, we all assumed Brown, Rondell, Nuke, the offense. There wasn't going to be much for uh, Ertz. But, you know, the Brown injury has left a lot of opportunities. And Ertz has taken advantage of it. And he's the, he is that safety blanket for Kyler when you would assume it would just be Hopkins. Especially in the red zone. And that's oh, the one yeah. thing I like, too, uh, about him. What about Pat Fryermuth? Like him coming back this week off the bye? I, uh, another guy you probably don't have a better option than Pat Fryermuth. And they mentioned uh, the reason they traded Claypool is to open up the middle of the field for Fryermuth, who they obviously really like, and they drafted yeah. pretty high. And, you know, he's a, he's a good player. You cannot deny that. He's like a step below Hawkinson, basically, but in a worse offense. But he gets the targets, so you can't hate yeah. that. Speaking of hate, 
Let's hate on uh, Arthur Smith a little bit more. What are you doing with Kyle Pitts? Okay, uh, Kyle Pitts crushed the Panthers last time they played a few weeks he ago. Did. But as we've mentioned, the wind, the weather, I am wary of Pitts this week. But you, you look at the air yards. I believe he had the highest air yards of the season this past week. Didn't really you know, manifest into actual fantasy points. but Still thinking about that 50-yard pass where he's wide open and they just missed him. That feels like the the season in a nutshell, pretty yep, much. Yep, it sure does. Pitts is still really good. Mariota is not. You probably don't have better options. You're not going to... Kate Otten has a fantastic matchup. I'm not going to stream Kate Otten over Kyle Pitts. I agree. So, you're starting Kyle Pitts. I don't care about the wind. I don't care about Mariota. Take the eight points if you get eight points, because that eight points can easily be 20 points. Yeah, Agreed. Tyler Higby was terrible last week, and he had a bad drop before that. But he faces the Cardinals this week, and if there's a team that can't cover tight ends, it's the Cardinals. Are you willing to risk going back to the well with Higby, or are you writing him off? I'm I'm writing him off for the season in terms of what he was early on. But again, on that Fryermuth scale, he's he's the like I mean Hawkinson, Fryermuth, and then like Higby yeah. at the bottom of that. You can start him against the card. I mean, actually. If Stafford doesn't play, no. Yeah, that's a good point. So Stafford plays, yes, top 10 option. Stafford plays, I'm going to bury him basically in rankings. Sure. I think that I think that's defensible. Like right now I have Higby at 10, right ahead of Komet yeah. and Everett. Taysom Hill. God, I can't hate his existence. Um, and, and Otten's right there. Even Noah Fan, I'm kind of in, you know, low-key intrigued with. I think he had a pretty big game, albeit against the Cardinals. I want to see it like week in week out. And I don't know if we'll see that because they like the like stack, like seven different tight ends on the team. But um, fans fans to me, seems like he could be a, a top 10 guy with just a little bit more trust. He's an objectively good player. I, yep. I think that's agreeable. It, the problem has been volume uh, utilization. They kind of, they kind of use him in the flats a lot, which I, yeah. I get you want to make him, you know, you want to create yak opportunities, but overall the offense hasn't really found ways until recent weeks to get him the ball in space to where he can create. And uh, obviously having DK and Tyler Lockett is huge because their deep spacing is just, I mean, for the run game, for Gino in general, uh, for uh, the offensive line, it's huge because defenses have to space out to cover Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. You can't not respect those two top 16 to 18 wide receivers in the NFL. So whatever. When it comes down to Fant, yeah, he's probably the third most talented guy in the passing game there. Yeah. And they're figuring it out, and I'm willing to have him in a solid range. And if you need a streamer, you could do worse. Yeah, absolutely. And you got a quarterback that's developing like that as well. So that's always nice to see. Do they pay him? Do they? How much do they pay Gino this offseason? Because I think they have to keep him. Yeah. I mean, because they're, now they're not going to be drafting early enough to get one of those elite quarterbacks coming out of the draft. Uh, Colts aren't even going to be doing that unless they just go winless the rest of the way. Maybe three wins and a tie gets you like the top five pick. But certainly the Seahawks, they're well past that. Yeah, I think they had to pay him. Yeah. I mean, they have the Denver pick at least. Yeah. that's. But uh, like I said, I think Denver figures it out or gets to average. Yeah. who who, who Which uh, veteran retread quarterback did the Colts go with next year? Uh, they, Maybe they go young like Baker. Yeah. I think they, they switch that. it up because they're like, you know what? If we're going to be bad, 
let's at least be bad with a guy with upside rather than some old fart like Rodgers. Or, I mean, obviously, Rodgers is still fine. He's not going to be as good, but I think they go young. Darnold, Baker, uh, Jameis, one of those guys. Yeah, because... Yeah, and, and then maybe they try to draft a prospect, but uh, yeah, it's. I, I my mindset is they are so far removed from comp like from any sort of competitive roster that they need an elite prospect, and those are available in Drake May and Caleb Williams next year. Yeah, I think they need to do a full teardown too. I mean, maybe you package that for your first round pick to get trade up for a higher one and to, to ensure that you get one of those guys. Maybe, maybe that's the whole p- uh, pattern. Even if you get like the eighth pick, maybe that's enough to trade up higher, a little bit higher, and try to ensure that you get one of those guys. But yeah, they're they're in a bad place. I, you know, it's that it's that unending hell of you're stuck in mediocrity there. I mean, yeah, every once in a while you can win with a quarterback like that, but for the most part, you can't. Yeah, I mean, the defense is bad. The offensive line is bad. They have Jonathan Taylor and Pittman, who are obviously incredible players, but you you risk losing one of those to try to get a quarterback, honestly. Yeah, they, you do. Uh, and when you don't have a left tackle to protect him. Yeah, I, I think you could take – that's the thing. They can take their left tackle of the future this year and get their quarterback next year. Yeah, I can see that. Or, I mean, technically next year because – the 2023 draft and then the 2020 you know what i mean yeah i knew what you mean yeah for sure <laughs> um all right i think that covers kind of our, our, all of our rankings uh you know we were kind of i wanted to ask about today but i appreciate you jumping on with me today uh congrats again on your great start in the fantasy pros rankings and uh again let everybody know where they can find your work yeah it's uh it's, it was my pleasure jeff thank you for having me on the show it's always sure. you know i love talking to you guys from road to wire you guys are like obviously some of the best in the business and i respect the hell out of y'all uh, but yeah, Kev Monster on at Rotosurgeon on Twitter. That's where you find my rankings. That's where you find all my brain dumps of fantasy football. Anything that comes to my head, I'm going to tweet it out. And yeah, that's uh, rotoballer.com for all of my written work. And what the operating room podcast. I forgot to mention. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, the operating room. I mean, I'm probably going to have you back on sometime soon to talk ball. And yeah, that's that's about everything. Looking forward to it. All right, that's going to wrap up today's show. Big thanks to our uh, title sponsor, No House Advantage. We've got uh, Mario uh, and John McKechnie tomorrow, so tune in for that. Thanks for listening. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.